welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. I am fan favorite Brett Rabel, joined by my lovely and illustrious co-stars, Second Billings, Christian Duran, and Nick Ortmer. How you doing? Oh, man, I liked co-stars. I didn't like Second Billing, though. Well, I had to... It was co-stars, but like I'm still higher on the masthead. <laughs> I Got would appreciate it. like a Brett starring Brett Raybould, Nick Whitmore, and Christian Duran, or with Christian Duran kind of credit. Uh, like, you like at, at the movie credits when like yeah. you know the big like the heavyweight most famous kind of yeah. legend status gets like the when last Morgan Freeman one. is yeah Morgan Freeman <laughs> with Morgan Freeman as <laughs> it's extra when they say who it is is like with morgan freeman as god yeah. it's because they play a smaller role but they're such an important role like i remember yeah. they did it in the field of dreams with burt lancaster burt lancaster was in the movie for like four minutes tops yeah but i remember in the opening sequence even that there's just like with special guests mm-hmm. like you know like just trying to make it as as prestigious as possible burt lancaster it would really be fun to just toy i really think movie credits are like ripe for doing bits in them that movies just always do them standard fare. And I think like it would be fun to just reserve that, you know, that with status for like a not that successful actor, (laughs) you know, like, like a medium successful actor or actress. Do you know what I mean? But like, there's no way that a person who's like, that on the nose medium successful would have a sense of humor to be okay with that. I don't know. Wouldn't it be funny to just like, it's a big movie and Oh my God, they have huge stars. Leo's in it. <laughs> Fucking Morgan Freeman's in it. And then the final one is like with David Duchovny and like, <laughs> he's just like, you know, an eighth role. I thought you were going to say like an unknown, like, oh, it'd be <laughs> like better. Leonardo DiCaprio, Samuel Jackson with fucking Tyler <laughs> masters well that's the thing i think it would be really funny to do movie credits but not show the actors and on and literally only show like the working class jobs of the film studio so it would be like with you know brad evans as chief gaffer (laughs) (laughs) you'd be be really funny to just to do the regular you know whatever and then like the special one like with and then you name like Jack Nicholson or like somebody really famous and then they're just not in the movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like waiting for it. They're like, when's, when's the Leo scene coming? Uh, he, they said it was in this. That would be a fun way to start it. Yeah. Just like the credits have every huge A-list, A-list star. And then at the end of it, you say, all right, we lied. None of these people are in this movie. <laughs> I like this idea, Brett. This is something that I feel like you would be into because you like pranks. What we could do is like, have make a movie with just a regular cast like like almost like an indie movie where there might be one name but not not anything great but then like the with uh leonardo dicaprio and then we'll just have brett change his name to leonardo dicaprio (laughs) and then he's he's just in the movie but like no one everybody afterwards is like wait leo he wasn't in the movie yeah i was i was leo dicaprio you could just change your name to leo dicaprio instead of leo you could just be leo dicaprio (laughs) yeah (laughs) how hard is it to change your name probably pretty hard it's gotta be pretty hard I think you go to the courthouse and change it. I would imagine it takes a month of paperwork. Like what you, the day you get it, I think it's like the day you get it, 
then it's like two weeks later, you get your like pack in the mail that like tells you, here's all the information that you need to change. And then you do that. And then two weeks later, they're like, all right, you got to come in for one thing. And then that's like the day you, your name is now. I feel like it would be under. It would be much harder. Cause it's like, have you ever had like the fucking, you, do you ever like have your debit card like stolen (laughs) and then you have to get a new debit card. And then you realize that like, how much shit was hooked up to that debit card. That's true. Oh, so, dude. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Your name would be, you'd be like, fuck my regular name's still in PayPal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> you would have to, like, it would be, and then that's like your, all of your bills, all, everything, your mail, yeah. your l- driver's license, like everything would have to be changed. It would literally take, I think like years to fully finish. That you're all right. Um, I'm on the website yeah. for changing a name. And uh, here we go. There are exceptions. <laughs> you can't change your name after a celebrity, which is kind of a little bullshit because they say because that would be viewed as intentionally misleading. But it's like, well, they don't get what if you just wanted to be a Will, a Will Smith? That's like two of the yeah. most common names are Will and Smith. He doesn't own that. Yeah, that would that's bullshit. Also, that define celebrity. Like, can you change your name to someone who's not famous anymore? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can you change it to like Polly Shore now? Or did like, you just yeah. say Polly Shore? <laughs> did you just say Polly Shore? Yeah, yeah what? I had a conversation with Polly Shore yesterday. No, you didn't. Did you really? I swear to God, I'm not doing a bit. I'm actually, this it was amazing. Did you have a conversation with Polly Shore? We, we exchanged two. We exchanged like two messages. So it's not that interesting of a story, but maybe I'll try and make it interesting. Uh, I applied. Uh, I'm, you know, doing the Upwork thing where I'm just applying to all these random uh, freelance gigs. Yeah, and um, just everyone that I can, and uh, I had seen one that uh, was said basically we need an assistant comedy writer for a um, a well known a well known comedian. Um, here it is. Yes, executive assistant slash comedy writing assistant. Uh. And Can you please send me this listing? Yes. So here's what it said. Comedy background necessary for writing assistant position and preferred for executive assistant position. Must have great personal skills and live around or in Las Vegas. I didn't see that in the time. I'm an idiot and applied anyway. He wrote, all applicants must type at least 90 words per minute. Take a one minute typing test and share the screenshot. Which, by the way, so I did apply. It took me like 13 times to get to that 90. That's, it was hard. I say, that sounds like a lot, actually. Yeah. I, I was like, Jesus Christ. I had to eventually like just kind of memorize the typing test to be able to pass it <laughs> more than I was able to type it. And uh, so I you know, applied, and then uh, I got a message back that was basically... It was kind of exciting because it said who it was from. And it was just funny to just have from Pauly Shore. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, uh, sounds like you'd be a good fit. 
You want to do it? Oh, wait, you don't live in the Las Vegas area. Never mind. Was and that it? <laughs> that, was, that was kind of it, yeah. So uh, you got oh, wow. hired and fired in the same message? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Polly Shore? Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, That's amazing. So, uh, and I said, hey, I don't live in Las Vegas, but, uh, and some of my, I told a friend this and they were like, why wouldn't you move? for him like why wouldn't you what and why i said would you <laughs> i i said two things one it's poly shore and two it's poly shore no um, <laughs> two the job paid 1750 an hour so yeah, it's like uh, you yeah. know i'm not gonna move up to into my McDonald's. life <laughs> to, yeah to work at mcdonald's so that was my, that's my Pauly Shore mini anecdote. That's wow. amazing. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It wow, makes what me laugh that, um, and perhaps it, you know, kind of says, speaks to, you know, where it's at, that he is directly doing the hiring does say something. I feel like that's, that job is like 95% getting Pauly Shore coffee and, or weirder things. Uh, and uh, and then also like talking him off the ledge from suicide and then like five percent like dude what about this do you think this is funny (laughs) like that's it i imagine it's like brett would be seth rogan and funny people basically like out the private jets and people in the audience and (laughs) not working for like yeah i mean if it was like chris rock you're like okay maybe There's a uh, old Conan O'Brien anecdote. I've heard him. Um, I actually heard him say this in person. I just overheard his conversation with another guest. And um, I, cause I, as you guys know, I used to intern at Conan and um, I remember him saying to, I forget who it was, but he, he went to a guest dressing room and he greeted him. Hey, how you doing? And the guest was like, Oh, what's that door? And Conan said, oh, well, I have two doors in my office. I have one that leads directly to the guest's room so I can come and say hi and exchange pleasantries. Or I have this one, which leads directly to the stage in case I don't want to say anything to the guest or exchange any pleasantries with them. I call this the Polly Shore door. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, man, that's wow. fucking great. Conan, none funnier, man. I like I just overheard that and just like had to exit to not laugh so hard to make it <laughs> clear I wasn't totally eavesdropping. God, oh, awesome. dude. You wow. could literally fucking you could probably act offended by that and dude like you know how like ellen all these stories are coming out like i used to work at ellen and this is what happened mm-hmm. you yeah. could be like i used to work at conan and conan made disparaging comments all the time about Polly <laughs> Shore, Shore. <laughs> <laughs> and he was my favorite comedian <laughs> conan so really has the history me. of harassing Polly Shore. <laughs> I was getting jumped in an alley one time and the Polly Shore saved me. So that comment really hit home. I just don't think it's fair to Polly. When I fell at hard times, <laughs> Polly Shore was there. What did Conan <laughs> offer me? <laughs> oh, God man. damn it, dude. Yeah. Was, uh, just to go back real quick, but yeah. uh 
you know those opening titles and they go with Morgan Freeman and yeah. Jack Lemon or whatever. The funniest ones to me are always and introducing because you don't know if that person's going to be a star. <laughs> so you're like really calling your shot <laughs> like and introducing. Yeah. You know, like it's, it, yeah, it's Sidibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like, yeah, it is like introducing Gabrielle Sidibe or like introducing Anne Hathaway. But it's like, there's probably like a ton of movies where it's like, and introducing Martha Plimpton. And you're just like, yeah. Ooh. If you ever watch like an old that? movie, you see people like that all the time. Like me and Sarah rewatched the movie Birdhouse with uh, Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Birdcage. Birdcage. Bird 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 oh, yeah, Birdcage. Um, and the son in that movie uh, was totally like flavor of the month, like handsome white guy, you know, brown hair, whatever. Oh, and uh, it's like you look at his IMDb and it was like a couple of those like, you know, like movie of the weeks. And then it was like a, a minor role in a sitcom. And then he was in Birdcage and that was supposed to be like the thing. And then you would look at the rest of it and it's like, he got one other movie and then it was right back to movie of the week again. <laughs> and right back to, yeah. Law yeah I was watching, order, you know, serial killer, you know, it, it's like interesting that. picturing. Yeah. I was watching, uh, cause that guy, Police Academy. sorry. Uh-huh. Yeah. That guy's still one showbiz. We forget that. That guy is still oh, a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think right? you know that we're professional athletes. Like if sorry, you made it into why. any league, you're, you're a beast, dude. Yeah. No, that guy's in a oh, movie yeah, that totally. you watch 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. He's getting podcast exposure right now. <laughs> Him and Polly Shore. <laughs> they need it. <laughs> We're just doing charity over here. Should I but, message um, him I now that Police I have Academy his contact? Yeah, real quick. Last Polly Shore jab and then we'll be done with. Should I message him? Hey, man, you want to be on our podcast? <laughs> Don't yeah, listen dude, to the last yeah. episode. <laughs> and anyway, Christian, you were watching Police Academy. Yeah, Christian. Now it's, it's, it's like I feel like I've been trying to get this thing out, and now I realize it's not that interesting. <laughs> I think the base the, the basic of the story is just that I was watching Police Academy. <laughs> That's it. No, but like uh, I was watching Police Academy, the original one, and it's like it's. For some reason, I had this idea that it was like this charming kind of comedy that from the 80s. It's like, it's not like we know Police Academy and there's seven of these movies. So I mm-hmm. went to rewatch the first one. It's like, it's not good at all. No. Like, it's oh, not yeah. even it's like, not. it's not charming. It's not even like, oh, they had, they were trying for something or like whatever. It was like they figured out, like, they, they tried to make Steve Gutenberg. And that's the point I want to make. Steve Gutenberg was supposed to be like the fucking like Han Solo of the movie. Like he's supposed to be like the cool, like I get all the chicks, but I'm a fucking rebel lead. Describe him for those of us who understandably don't know the name brand. That is Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg is a nice, he's like, he's like an eighties version of Paul Rudd almost, Mm. except I don't know. Like he's more of like a nicer guy. I don't, like, but he's supposed to be like the Chevy Chase or Bill Murray of the movie, like sardonic. Like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I get laid. Whatever. He's supposed to be the Peter Venkman, but he's so like, I don't know. He's just like he looks like a just a normal douche. <laughs> like, that, and he's supposed Christian, to be like the star of the movie. 
Sorry, you're absolutely right in that because I also turned on Police Academy within the week. Christian and I had talked about one of Christian's movie ideas was doing <laughs> a Police Academy, reviving Police Academy, but updating it to this current 2020 Black Lives <laughs> Matter era we're living in, which is yeah. a fucking hilarious, if not potentially truly impossible idea to execute yeah, <laughs> execute gracefully it yeah. would be boy would it be hard and i had pictured the police academy movies like you very care like very charming very slapsticky i think i just in my head was like oh it's airplane it's just like yeah. it's or it's it's naked gun it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's like a sibling or neighbor to naked gun and then you turn it on and you're like, where are the jokes, man? <laughs> like <laughs> the only thing in the movie that is kind of magnetic and you just go like, oh, that's fun to watch. It's just fun to watch is Michael Winslow yes. doing sound effects. <laughs> exactly. The movie would just be just as good if it just cut up the f- sections where he does sound effects. That's it. Like I, I have a theory that that's the only reason why people like those movies is because of Michael Winslow's sound effects. I like it's the only thing that makes it distinct and like you're like oh that's different from other stuff I've ever watched before yeah yeah and it, like I because uh, I, I I watched those movies when I was a kid and I didn't even like them uh, <laughs> except for the I sound sat effect. through all of them <laughs> oh, of course you watched all of them because I mean what the fuck it was like 94 <laughs> what else are you gonna do <laughs> you live on a mountain poor <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs> But, uh, I love that that was like the classy like city movie to watch. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, let's see where the life is in the suburbs <laughs> where people live. Um, no, because like I remember my dad would like watch, like we, later on when we got a little older, like we'd watch like Caddyshack, like like Brett said, like Airplane, all those movies. And those movies are so funny, but like Police Academy kind of sucked. And I don't remember this. I think I only remember the. Which one was Bobcat Goldthwait in? Wasn't he in like the second or third or something? I remember that one and I remember the first one and I just never really thought any of them were that good. He's not in the first, but the thing that's so funny about the first to me, is like, it's so slapdash and like, there's like weird transitions. Like the camera, like the scene does like the mirror transition, like the, rotating transition into other that shots you see like, on like a PowerPoint from 2004. <laughs> yeah. It's like so inappropriate. Like the music is weird. Like at one point there's like a, like a heavy set guy who gets bullied and like, he's working at like a, not like a food truck, but like a, a food cart or something. And then a bunch of a what? <laughs> yeah. Like a food stand. So like a bunch of bullies, like throw his, him and his food stand into the river over a bridge and they're playing like this triumphant music over it. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Like he's like, it's supposed to be like this really sad scene of him. Like, Oh, he's like kind of a lovable loser. But in the background, it's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> they got <laughs> the like chariots of fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, are they the good guys? Like <laughs> there's so many scenes in movies that just like, why did that scene need to be there to further cement that that guy was a fucking loser? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, we got it, dude. Like that's, they like they did that a lot in the eighties. There were just random scenes that didn't, in, didn't need to be there. Like I, I still remember the one in back to the future too, where Biff like comes out of the house and uh, Marty's like stalking him, trying to get the almanac back. <laughs> and like, he's just walking down the street and Biff is like 18 
And he walks up to these kids who are just way too young for any 18 year old to bully. Just there's just no like there should there be no interest. They're toddlers. They're like three and four years old. And he fucking like takes their ball. He's like, oh, you want your ball? And he throws it on a roof and then goes fucking losers and walks away. I'm like, why is that scene in there? Like, did we not know Biff was a dick (laughs) in the second movie? Like, like, what did that do? Like, were people like on the fence about Biff before that? And they're like, oh, now fuck him, dude. It's like, you you know, rape Lorraine. (laughs) (laughs) Is an attempted rapist. And like, that's not enough. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so there's a scene of him just punting like 45-year-olds basketball? Yeah, so yeah. He's, he leaves his house and he's walking down the street and then he comes across these kids who are playing with their ball and then he takes their ball and says, you want your ball? And then throws it on a roof and then laughs and walks away. Here's the thing. Go get it. Here's the thing. Biff is kind of just living his best life because I actually think it would be kind of fun to just go up to a group of six-year-olds and just grab their ball and punt it and then walk away because what are they going to (laughs) do? Was that really the, what's stopping you from doing that is the consequences <laughs> of what they're going to do? <laughs> like, they're going to cry. <laughs> they're fucking five, dude. <laughs> you know that they're going <laughs> to... You think they're going to band together and, like, stand on each other's shoulder and, and, like, turn into, like, a mech of children and start beating the shit out of you? Like, they have no options. That's right. Like, that's why it's right, not fun. Know? It's not fun to bully someone. Like, if you bully another kid that's your age... Like there's a little bit more of like fair game, but if you're just bullying a four year old and you're 18, like what possible benefit is there to do that? I don't know. I mean, the social benefit of everyone thinking you're really cool and popular, <laughs> now that you put that group of six year olds in their place. I think. Yeah, the six year olds. Yeah, anybody watching that's going like, man, that guy's fucking hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with him, dude. He'll fuck anyone up. Oh, man. Those movies missed me. I never really got into the Back to the Future movies. They're they're like the perfect movie movies, right? They are, yeah. Perfect. They're they're, they're amazing, dude. All three of them are so cool. Um, There's a couple movies like that, though. Like Indiana Jones uh, completely missed me. I think we talked about another podcast. The only one I saw was the one that came out in like 07. (laughs) That was great. Um, The Goonies. Never saw The Goonies once. But like sometimes I never never saw um, The Wizard of Oz. And everybody's like, oh, you need to watch. I'm like, do you think... Now is the time for me to see The Wizard of Oz. I'm 32. Like, there's no reason for me to watch The Wizard of Oz. Like, there's no reason for me to watch The Goonies. These are movies that charm you as a child and then you love and then you watch them again as an adult for nostalgic reasons. But if you're going into it as a 32 year old man watching The Goonies for the first time, that like that movie when it came out wasn't for 32 year olds. So it's not going to be for me now. Yeah, there's certain movies you have to see at a certain time. In order yeah. to like really become like a huge fan. Like if you don't watch, like if you watch star Wars at 15 or 16, it's kind of yeah. over. Like once you learn, yeah. Once you learn the, the word like fucking lame or shit, you're, you're just not going to same with, it. same with wrestling. Like if you, <laughs> <laughs> well, I got in early. They got me hooked early. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Now you're addicted, man. I am. I'm addicted to the smack. They're doing like a, 
I'm I'm going to get into it because I haven't talked about wrestling in a while. But they're doing this thing called. You say that literally every time, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) They're starting this thing called Thunderdome. So basically, they're uh, they've been uh, doing shows out of Orlando. So now they're going from like this small performance center that they have and it was like warehouse to the Orlando Amway Center in Orlando. It's like an arena, and they're going to put up like. They're going to put up uh, video screens in the stands. So like you can sign up to be like in the audience, like the virtual audience yeah. while they do these big shows. And I just thought it was so funny that like, you know, like when they screen these people to, to fucking like, hey, do you want to be a fan member? It's going to be like 9,000 people just jacking off on a camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's just, and then there's just going to be like racism and like, I don't know how you... But I think other sports are doing this too. Like, isn't like football or basketball doing this? The the NBA is doing it where they have like, it's like one of the things when in real NBA, like when you're in an arena is like when you're shooting free throws, if you're on the other team or the, the visiting team, I should say, all of the home stand crowd who are like right in front of the basketball, like wave shit in your face to try to distract you from hitting the free throw. Yeah. Uh, so now that there, there's monitors up, and then, but there's monitors all the way around the stadium now because it's just very small. It's like they built they built like a regulation size basketball hoop, but they didn't have to put the stands the the stadium in like the stands mm-hmm. around it. So um, yeah, it's all like monitors now, so fans can like FaceTime in essentially or whatever. Um, hockey, they didn't do that. I think hockey. I don't know why they didn't. I guess maybe they didn't have as much money as the NBA. I don't know, but. Hockey didn't do that. That'd be pretty cool though, because in hockey, the, the version of that is like people pounding on the glass. Yeah. You know, when like someone gets up. So if you just put monitors right behind the nets or all the way around and like anytime players come up on it, there's like monitors of people screaming at them. I think that would actually add some cool realism to it, but they never did it. They, uh, yeah. they have pl- a plexiglass in like the wrestling arena now. So people are doing that. But if, but if I was a basketball player, and somebody and people were. I was trying to make a free throw, and like people are doing that shit to me. I think I would just turn to them and go, "Stop! That's distracting." <laughs> Cut like it out. At a golf course, like, do you mind? <laughs> I'm uh, trying to make a foul shot here. I don't know, man. I mean, if you're in the stadium and you're yelling, like, obviously that's totally warranted. If you're Zooming in to the stadium and yelling, I, I, that, I, you know, I just think that's you're a loser. Is that fair? <laughs> like Whitmer, if you zoomed into whatever hockey game and you were yelling like you were there, and you know your wife is in the other room watching a show or doing whatever, and you have upstairs neighbor, like who is actually yelling like they're there in their apartment or house? I don't even know if they're yelling like they're there. They're kind of just, they're just there. Honestly, it's like, I mean, I don't even know if like the screen emits volume. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if a player can hear it. I would it's, think that you would want that, right? Y- yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. You'd want some normalcy. I don't, yeah. I don't know how, cause I know that they're like pumping in like audience noises here yeah. and there because it, it just, honestly, people think that's stupid. It's like so I've heard much. so many people criticize that they're like, why are you pumping in audience noises? There's no audience there. I'm like, because it's fucking, it's such a part of the sport that like when you're watching it and there's no noise at all, it doesn't seem real. It's like you're watching a practice. Yeah. So it's like, I'm aware that it's not real, but it just works way better with pumped in audience noises. It just does. Like I, I, I know it's not real, but it's better. It's just much better. 
I wonder if there's people that play better with no audience. You know what I mean? That'd be an interesting thing. I think there definitely is because there's a couple guys in the NBA right now who are playing amazing who have never really been that good. (laughs) (laughs) There's this guy named uh, TJ Warren who was like literally like six months ago, like a team traded him just so another team who had cap space could take his salary and then buy him out. Mm. That's how bad he was. They're just like, let me just buy this guy out of his contract. I don't want this guy on my team. And he like had like four straight games of like forty points. He's just knocking down three. <laughs> like he's just killing it, dude. He plays for the Pacers. He just had ADD the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty interesting. I don't like, know. That'd I mean, be great if like LeBron sucks. Like, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like the crowd is what fed him. He's like fucking Hogan in the eighties. <laughs> That is interesting. That one, someone is that fucking good without an audience. Well, that's the thing about the NBA is there's only like 300 people in the NBA. So anybody in the NBA is unbelievably the 1% of the 1% amazing. So like if you, for instance, if this guy was just at a playground and he was playing with you guys, he would score a thousand oh. points and he would never miss a shot. Course, yeah. You know, like he would be just that no, good. No, no. So like, there's it's not like the guy wasn't good at basketball. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. I'm not. It's just the like I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more that every person who makes it even to try out for a pro sport is exceptionally exceptional. And yeah, like there's a great video online of a uh, there was an old Boston Celtics. I think he was a power forward. His name was Brian Scalabrini. He played in the uh, you know mm-hmm. early uh, mid 2000s, and um, he was kind of like. I mean, he was a big, tall, white ginger. So, and he wasn't like jacked. He wasn't fat. I mean, he's a pro athlete, but he was like, didn't look jacked. He just didn't, you know, he's a ginger. So he just doesn't look like an NBA player. So is that, does that sound racial? It's, he's a ginger. Let's not act like they're gingers. So the way you said it was funny. <laughs> he's, a, yeah, he's a ginger. Come on. <laughs> no, but like, so he had that funny image and there was always this thing where people just assumed he wasn't that good because yeah. like in it fit like a look. And, and so one time there's this video where he held basically a local contest. This might've been like two years after his NBA career. He held like a local contest, with like a radio that was like, Hey, you think you can beat me in one-on-one? Let's go. And like so many people applied thinking that they would be able to take this man who spent <laughs> 15 years career in the NBA. Sure. A bench guy, but he made like a 12, 15 year career. And he plays this guy who like played D one at like Syracuse, and Scalabrini just makes him look like a toddler because yeah. of course the guy made a living playing basketball yeah. every single day. He shared lineups with Kevin Garnett, like he guarded KG in practice. You don't yeah. think he's gonna be able to handle anyone's moves? Like yeah. It's like the way I look at it is everybody like if you want to the analogy would be if you go by income and money of what everybody has like if you make $200,000 a year you're doing really really well like you're you know you're very comfortable you can send your kids to college you can buy houses you can probably have a second home you can buy cars you know you're doing really 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 well that's like the guy who went to Syracuse and was D1 
And then everybody in the NBA is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> you know, like everybody <laughs> in the NBA is a billionaire. So like the guy who makes 200,000, of course, is doing okay. Like nothing to shit on. Like you're doing awesome. But he couldn't afford a mega yacht. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like that's the disparity between how good the NBA players are compared to people who couldn't make it, who played D1 college ball. Because there's a, got a lot of guys, it's like, like all of the high school pool, you know, 1% or something of those guys go play D1. And then out of all the D1 guys, 1% of them go play the NBA. <laughs> that's the way, you know, it's, it's, I, I mean, that's just, a, I don't know the exact percentages, but uh, that's, yeah, the point is valid. Basically. It's like, you yeah. know, the Uncle Drew where uh, the famous NBA player puts on old Kyrie man Irving. makeup. And then, yeah. And then people doubt he's good. They yeah. just yeah. did that to Brian Scalabrini and he didn't have to put on any makeup. <laughs> 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 They're like, oh, this guy sucks. Why? Well, he's got red hair. There's no way. <laughs> Did they know he was in the NBA? Put him in the locker room. He's like a funny guy. Like that's it. He's just kind of a yeah. fun hang. Wait, I'm sorry. Did I, did I miss? Did they? Did these people who signed up know he was in the NBA? Yes. Oh, okay. That's what makes it See, more that's, pathetic that you doubt right. him. It's not even just like you look at him. It's like you knew he played for the Celtics for a de- over a decade. See, that's my like that's a thing about our society. We only value like success, especially like success on television. So if there, if let's say you're an actor, if you're not on, if you haven't been on TV, people go like, "Oh, you must not be that good of an actor." It's like, "No, you don't understand how hard it is to be on TV." Yeah, dude, Steve Gutenberg is a beast. That guy yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah. a movie. Steve Gutenberg. That Steve guy Rock. literally was a leading man all through the 80s and then he and he adapted and he became like the dad and like he was like the dad in It Takes Two or something. Like he he like he had a career. Yeah. Like he's still making and he's still out there. He got royalty checks from me watching his awful movie <laughs> that we're shitting on him for. Yeah. Yeah. Are we getting royalty like checks for this podcast? Baby. Huh? He is. <laughs> yeah, he was in Two Men and a Baby with Ted Danson and uh Mustache. What's his name again? Uh who? Oh, Burt Reynolds. No, Tom Selleck. Uh, Tom Selleck, yeah. Yeah, he was in some movies. He, he you know, he, he had a career, man. He was doing great. He, like that guy compared to like a fucking guy who now manages a theater because he was an actor in college and maybe yeah. it was like a he had one stint where he was like a you know, one of the um you know, sit-ins or whatever for a Broadway role and never really made it. Yeah. Like that's the difference. Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> He's like DiCaprio in fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like yeah. He, he yeah, has yeah. a vision of himself in the movie. <laughs> yeah. In Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> I was up for that Gutenberg part in Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> I would have murdered it. <laughs> fucking Gutenberg. So Or maybe I- Gutenberg is like maybe he like uh invested in tequila or something with his money and now he doesn't need yeah. it. Yeah. Who knows? But, so uh, I want to mention this because we're just talking a lot about like, you know, shows and movies and whatever. I, uh, I'm in D.C. and I met up with one of my buddies, college buddies last night. And um, not a story, but I, I get outside. I'm waiting outside his apartment for a few minutes. And, and it had been like five minutes. And he comes out and then he goes, hey, man. Oh, sorry, I'm a little late. I was just finishing up an episode of Entourage. And <laughs> it, it just made me go like. Who the fuck is going back <laughs> and watching Entourage? There's two reasons why that's funny. One, <laughs> he's watching Entourage. Now. Two, he's like, 
Oh, I, I could have been on time, but I wanted to finish this episode of an <laughs> yeah. almost 20-year-old show. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He's like, dude, I can't just leave now. I gotta, I gotta find out what happens to E. I can't yeah. pause it. <laughs> of a show that he's definitely watched before and of a show that it's not like, oh, Entourage, it's still in the zeitgeist. Like, it's still, yeah. people are still talking about Entourage. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like the, the, it's not like a live watch-along fucking going on <laughs> god damn man did you guys ever watch that show did you ever I watch on that show? i love that show when it first came yeah, out like, what, first what did came you out, love, I love about it? it it was it was actually pretty well written for the first two seasons it was kind of like this like fun sort of fantasy show and like and there's nothing like it at the time either. Yeah. Now there's been so many shows since then that have been about, you know, the industry and this, that, yeah. and the other, but like nothing like that. The bro shit wasn't as interesting to me as the, like the politic, the Hollywood politics stuff about like trying to get a movie and like the reasons why he wasn't getting cast and stuff. Like there was just like a particular producer who just didn't like him. Mm, and like the, yeah. the maneuverings they would have to do to get around that. And like Ari was kind of, was interesting in that way. And that was like pretty cool. Like the whole, I think it was like the second season saga of trying to get star in Aquaman. Yeah. was like such a great arc and like really uh, like a good, um, it was just a really great show for the first few seasons. And then they, it, it felt like they forgot why the show was good or they, they doubled down on too much of the, pussy bro stuff you know i think i think after two seasons they're like it's really hard to write let's just have a lot of pool party scenes (laughs) (laughs) like making a story is tough let's just go back to the tna we just need tna i think you said it i think you said it bro it was like then um you're like the boys are back in town which is the name of like three episodes of entourage (laughs) (laughs) which is true they're always coming back to town Yeah, they're always yeah, going back to New York. Despite stuff, only yeah. ever being in town. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a Seinfeld bit? They're only yeah. ever in town. <laughs> I think um uh it was like Seth Myers or somebody made a joke when he was on Weekend Update about like he's like, um, you know, things in the new season of Entourage, it ended with things almost all going right for the boys. <laughs> it's like it always works out and there's always like the thing is they doubled down on Ari and they gave him like a family and shit. And it's like, no, like I don't, he should be like the Joker. You know, no backstory, yeah. just like show up and be him. Yeah. They gave him, I mean, I, I it's tough because yeah. Cause there was a whole season about him trying to get his wife back and this right. that, and the other. And like, I, I, yeah, I get it, but y- you're right. I mean, it's like his, he was the best. Like I thought it was stupid because in the first two seasons he was, just talking about cheating on his wife all the time with all these actresses. And all of a sudden they introduce like the wife in like the third or fourth season. And then he's like, I never cheated on her. And it's like, yeah, I love her so much. And it's like, this is not why I watch the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not because he was amazing. He was genuinely like that role was awesome for that guy, Jeremy Piven. And he got canceled. And I think it's because he was so good at that role that they just thought that that's who he was, which might not be far from the truth. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that, they, the first, like you, you nailed it. Like the first couple of seasons, even the season where they they like they were like, we're gonna make the movie Medellin and like put all of our own money in, and then it just sucked. Like yeah. that was even like a cool wrinkle, and I think that was season three. But I think after that was when it got pretty pretty bad. 
But yeah, I agree because they also use like real Hollywood stories and real scripts that were actually being yeah. floated around Hollywood at the time in the first couple of seasons. And, you know, it, uh, an Aquaman was like based off of Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man kind of the whole right. rundown yeah. of that. So there was a lot of it that was based off of like, you know, what actually happened. So yeah, it was a cool first couple of seasons for sure. Um, and then it got shitty. And then the movie, I remember watching the oh. movie. It was so bad. It was like, why so do they bad. even bother? Like I, it was, I, it, it's like a clear cut example of one. They're like, Hey, they should make a movie when there's not a script for it. And then like, okay, let me write a script for it. And it's like, it never works that good doing it that way. The best way is like, Oh, there's already a script. That's really good. So they're like, Oh, the script's good. Let's make a movie. Not the other way around. Yeah. But I have a feeling and I haven't seen the entourage movie and boy, is that far down on my list to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to drink from the fountain of youth before I get to that. <laughs> I just have a feeling the movie is shot kind of like one of those generic random YouTube EDM music videos, like a chain smokers music video where it's just like, it's like 30% b-roll of hot chicks in swimwear suits yeah it's i mean Haley joel osmond is in it for no reason like yeah <laughs> they got they cat and they didn't cast him as Haley joel osmond which, yeah that's the funny thing amazing yeah but, yeah it's it's not really worth your time at all it's uh speaking of um going back and speaking of like just putting shit into making a movie because you have the pieces rather than you have a good story going back to Michael Winslow, like in <laughs> police Academy, I'm going to keep talking about police Academy. Do it, man. Uh, <laughs> it's just so funny. Cause like you can tell like somebody was like, Hey, I know a dude who has sound effects. I'm like jump in, jump in. <laughs> he just like got in the shot. And then after a while they're like, is this guy an actor or something? You're like, I don't know. He's just really, he was just cracking us up on set. Like it seemed like he was like a gaffer who was like cracking everybody up. So they just put him in the movie and then it made a career out of being in police Academy. After that, cause like it, it's also not a useful skill for a policeman. I mean, I haven't seen police Academy two through seven, so I don't know. Maybe he, he saved somebody with like sound effects, but he's just like in a police office, like playing fake harmonica and stuff. It's like, He's not like saving a baby with fucking. It, well, the, I mean, I guess it's the conceit of the movie, but the the entire conceit of the movie is even beyond suspension of disbelief. I can suspend my disbelief for there are you know aliens fighting Egyptians. I can suspend my disbelief for even musicals. I don't even i I can't suspend my disbelief when they're like. Everybody now wants to be a cop. <laughs> uh, it's still too far of a bridge for me to cross, my friend. You know what I will say? I did like it, it's just funny because they put the premise of the movie in like the first one second and it's just on a title card. It goes, the mayor has opened up restrictions and everybody's allowed to be a cop. And then the movie starts. <laughs> and there's no like somebody could have said that or whatever. But it is funny because it's like if you if you made that the angle of the movie of like in the PC world, like everything has gone so PC that like they can't restrict anybody from being cops anymore. So there's no requirements whatsoever. That would be a funny like satire, but <laughs> it could be like 
Oh, we need a plot device. <laughs> yeah, in this version, they didn't do that. They were just like, and now this fat fuck wants to be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the avenue they went with it. Uh, but yeah, that's a movie you can miss as well. So Entourage <laughs> Police Academy. <laughs> I feel like we're making a list of like not to watch on quarantine. Yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz. I I disagree with you. With that's my mom's favorite movie of all time. It is. You Still? know, one of the first movies, I think the first movie in color, and it uh, mentions, you know, it really uh, puts on for my city, for Kansas. <laughs> and it was the first and last movie. So to far, you've Kansas. made zero good points. I, I, I shouldn't see this movie. Well, that's <laughs> it, it, it puts my city, Kansas, on the map. Oh, cool. I don't live there, never been there, never from there. You're like, my mom likes it. I'm like, that's a personal reason. Like, that's. <laughs> No, First movie in color. Okay. Cool. <laughs> classic story. Yeah. It's a story that like every other adventure story is a little bit based off of. Mm. Yeah, I just hate musicals and I think they're all garbage for the most part. Fair. I was like, just watching least, fa- I gotta get my charger. My least favorite uh part of every movie is when musicals when they sing. Like we we watched uh, Sarah's mom was in town, so we watched Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. And like I'm just like, what? Stop it! Stop singing! You could just tell the story. It could just be a movie about it. <laughs> Why does it like? And it's so stupid because like, there's this scene where they're like, they're trying to like the. I don't know. Did you ever see Guys and Dolls? No. So like, Frank Sinatra plays this guy who runs like a crap game, and they're trying to find uh, a place to do their crap game, but like the cops are wise to it, so they're like looking for all these locations. Yeah, so like, but they end up in a sewer doing it underground. Okay, and uh, during they finally go to the crap game, and like during the actual playing of the game, it's not actually they're not actually playing craps. What they're doing is there's 22 gay men who are like doing interpretive <laughs> dance of what a crap game is. Okay, so I'm just like, you could just have them playing craps. Like, why does it have to? Why does this have to be? It wasn't even a music. They weren't singing. It was just them dancing to what like they f- thought a crap game would feel like. And it was just like, this is like, there's no reason to be doing this. Like you could just have them playing craps. It, like, why is this pretend? Like every time they threw a dice, it wasn't real. They weren't throwing any real dice. And it was, it In was just movie? like, yeah, it was fucking I, dumb. <laughs> the thing about it makes sense on stage. If you don't have dice, because you can't throw dice on the stage because you're going to hit somebody in the front row. But in a movie, you better have dice because they should be throwing dice. It, would, it makes no sense. They had so they had they had dice in like in a couple of scenes when there wasn't a dance number. I think yeah. they threw real dice, but it was stupid because during the whole like it, I guess it was the equivalent of a montage. You mm-hmm. would do a montage of all the crap games to you know to show the passage of time to show that they've been playing craps all night. But yeah. instead of just doing that, instead they did a five minute interpretive dance of crap games and it's just 12 gay dudes dancing <laughs> and it was just fucking dumb. It was so dumb. And I'm like, this is like, this is like musicals are literally like, if you're going to make a musical about like, like gangsters doing a crap game, it's like the musical is not for anybody who would like a movie about gangsters. So they have to like make it to where like a fucking someone who's like 63 could find interest in craps. So yeah. like the way that they do that is they just have 12 gay dudes dancing. I was watching um, the, this documentary on Disney called Howard and it's basically, it's mm-hmm. about Howard Ashman who wrote all the songs. He wrote the lyrics w- for um, 
uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, like all the big, like '90s, like um, Disney movies. But he, he di- it was about him. He died of AIDS um, right before Aladdin came out, or Beauty and the Beast, just when Beauty and the Beast came out. But he also wrote Little Shop of Horrors and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, some Broadway plays. He came from musical theater, but he was like. He's like, the thing I hate about musicals is like when people start singing, he's like, because, <laughs> and this is like a lyricist because he's like, cause it makes no sense that they're singing, especially in movies. He's like, they're always pretending that they're not singing. Yeah. He's like, That's the dumbest thing ever. He's like, it is. it's so stupid. So his theory was like, if you're going to have songs in the movie, they need to progress the plot. So that's why in like little mermaid, he's like, um, He's like the the crab sings a song in order to get to like distract her to not leave the oceans. That's why he sings under the sea and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's like pretty. That's a pretty good concept. He's like, it's actually propelling the plot rather than yeah. stopping the movie for an interpretive dance sequence. Yeah, that's what I think. That's why I hate about musicals. Like I was, I was at this party and it was like a bunch of like Broadway kids who love you know fucking musicals and shit, and they were talking about musicals and. I was just like, yeah, I just never liked musicals. I was like, the, the, like it just always distracts me. And they're like, oh, well, you probably haven't seen the right musicals because in a in a in a good musical, the basically the reason why they sing is because like something happens that they just can't express in any other way besides doing song. And I'm like, oh, that that's every every musical sucks because I've never seen one where I'm like, oh, this is appropriate to start singing. <laughs> like that's never, I've never been like, no, the only way you can convey this point is by singing right now and dancing. Like it's never, there's, it's always needless. There's no reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if people did that in real life. Like if you just felt isolated or alone, like if you're at, like, let's say we're at a pool party and I was like not talking to anybody. And then I just I was in the corner going, I feel so alone. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that, I like nobody that. understands Has anybody me. ever made that? Like the movie where like people start singing and they go, Hey, stop it. <laughs> stop. Stop. No, there's no reason for you to do this. Cause I would kind of want to make that movie. And the other thing is like, we watched, uh, um, we watched a uh, West side story and it's just so funny to me. Like I, that movie is, is turned into a comedy because it's all these street tough guys who are clearly just not at all street tough guys. And like the way that they like dance and stuff is so fucking, it's so feminine and like soft. It's like, I would love to make West side story with like these two, the jets and sharks start going like, like and they're dancing. And then like the real gang that runs the town walks up and goes, get out of here. You fucking Marys and starts beating them with sticks. <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker! <laughs> Shoots him because <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to believe that these are the tough guys around the streets? Like, it's so dumb. Like those guys, really? They're wearing they're wearing fucking ascots. Like, are they? Dude, right? I, could, I could fight all of them right now by myself. <laughs> that should be made. That should may be made. Is a West Side Story style gang finds itself yeah. trapped inside Los Santos? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> And they have, and then they have to become really fucking tough, and then they evolve to be like fucking hardcore as shit, (laughs) Uh, while still dancing. Yeah, uh, (laughs) there should be Whitmer. If there was a Netflix button that was like skip song, would you watch a musical? You know what I mean? Just no. There's so few musicals that have an interesting like in between, even that I'm interested in, but um. Weirdly enough, the only one that I thought was that was pretty cool was the one that came out with Gosling or whatever. What was that called again? La La Land. La La Land. La La Land. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, 
And uh, everybody who likes musicals was like, that musical was trash. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's the only good one. <laughs> like the only one that I enjoyed was is garbage to you guys. Okay. Yeah, but we've <laughs> talked about it before. La La Land, it became the thing where art, what movies you like says something about your morality and how good or liberal of a person you are. Because that was in yeah. the era of La La Land versus Moonlight. La La Land had two famous white actors and Moonlight was the uh, movie that was about uh, basically two gay black guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it became people like actively rooted for a movie like it said something about themselves, And you're like, just let people like a movie more just because they like a movie more. <laughs> like... It is ter- it is pretty funny that like there was uh two movies that year it's like one was a musical and one was about two black guys and the musical wasn't the gay one. <laughs> <laughs> two black guys in the hood. That was the yeah. gay one. It's <laughs> a great point. Yeah, there was that scene in that movie where like she they they broke up and it's like in the future and she's, you know, has her yeah. You know, she's married and has a kid or whatever. And then he ended up opening the club and stuff. And like she yeah. walks in and like sits down and like sees him. And then like this whole musical thing. And it goes back to the fucking what you said about the Little Mermaid. That that whole music thing told a story. Yeah. So was, that was that was interesting to me because it was actually like telling like this whole what could have been story. It was really it was like I thought that was really fucking cool and creative. It's so funny because when we uh so I went to go see the star Wars movie that came out that year. And then Natasha went to go see La La Land. Uh-huh. And then, so my movie got done earlier cause I didn't want to see La La Land. I was like, I don't care. So my movie got done first. So I snuck into her theater and just like watched the end. And it was at that part. And then we walked out and I was like, how'd you like it? She was like, it was really good. I was like, I know everything that happened in that movie. <laughs> just from watching that yeah. last, I can tell you every single thing yeah. that happened. And I know yeah. exactly. What, and I described the entire movie to her. She's like, yeah, that was. It. <laughs> I yeah, was like, well, I only needed to see that. There's yeah. a great when I saw La La Land in theaters. I uh, this is why seeing live movies in an audience can be great. Is I was in front of it and there was like these respectful, like teenagers behind us. And there's a moment. The big reveal of La La Land is that when it flashes forward to Emma Stone's future life, the big reveal. You see the man from the back, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh is that Ryan Gosling or is that another man? The big reveal is it's another man. And, uh, it's once, yeah, it's some random guy that thing you do. Sorry. Oh, it's, oh, it's that's yeah. So it's that guy, whatever. It's not Ryan Gosling. And once it was revealed that it wasn't the Ryan Gosling, I heard this teenager behind me just go, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I'm like, I was like, that's good filmmaking. That's good filmmaking. <laughs> that guy was incensed that she wasn't with Ryan Gosling. There are like, there are some movie theater like heckles that are better than a lot of comedian specials. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I laugh harder at like that than like, I remember we saw the third Lord of the Rings and then when Bilbo Baggins comes in at the end, he's all old and he's got a cane and he's in this like little green hobbit gear. Yeah. It was just quiet and then somebody just goes, old hobbit pimp. <laughs> like, like erupted like fucking Richard Pryor in the seventies. Fucking like it was unfollowable. <laughs> like there was no movie afterwards. 
That's why that movie ended up having eight endings because it was trying to recover. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, that's yeah. so funny. I, I remember when I watched, I watched Get Out in a movie theater. Um, it was like 60% black people, like 40% white people in the movie theater. And like at the end of the movie when he's trying to escape, like Kathleen Keener's there and like <laughs> she's like they like she sees that he's like escaping or something and she like goes to go you know, try to get her thing. And then this black woman just goes, Oh, don't let that bitch get her teacup. Like, <laughs> got a fucking like applause break in the theater. Like, we all fucking laughed. Amazing. Like it was like, that's so fucking good. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Oh, you know, what was great and pretty recent the rise of Skywalker. When what's his name died, Ben Skywalker dies. Uh, so he, he kisses, he kisses Ray and then uh-huh. somebody in the th- everybody in the theater just goes like what and then some dude goes he's like i saw that coming and then he like and then ben skywalker immediately dies right after and some dude just goes you didn't see that one coming and the, <laughs> the audience just goes fuck <laughs> 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 it took down a heckler or something like <laughs> that's brilliant that's, uh, that's why live the that's why like people need to understand that like we need to go to theaters because yeah. it's just way more fun i know it's more comfortable to be in your house and you have snacks in a fridge in a bathroom and you can pause it but forcing uninterrupted viewership collective viewership for two hours yeah really is a special thing especially for mediums horror and comedy that elicit like audible responses. That's why those movies are most particularly like a comedy in your apartment. Isn't going to be as good as a comedy with a group of people. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. I think like comedy horror and any type of like movie that is like a, like in a, an achievement of like special effects and like the new shit or whatever that you can go see in like an IMAX theater. Those are all like undeniably a better viewing experience. If you go and see them, um, but yeah, I mean, I do get the impulse because like every, like there's been a few movies that have been released during this quarantine and like just buying them on, you know, on Amazon and just sitting on your couch and watching a brand new movie is like really like, ah, oh, this is the best. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking that movie theaters are going to die out. I mean, even before this, like I just, it just seems inevitable that like the streaming thing will become giant and then the windows are going to get the windows between theatrical and like home video will be shorter and shorter and shorter. So it's like, it doesn't make sense. And I thought it would be like record stores. Like when I'm older, I'm already old, but when I'm older that like, um, uh, like movie theaters will be like the thing that old people go to, like young people yeah. don't go to the movie theaters, it's like record stores or something like that. Like, it's like a boutique experience. Cause like even is Mulan, which is supposed to be like this big movie coming out and they were waiting for it. Now they're going to release it on Disney plus and it's going to be 30 bucks. If you want to watch it, which is like, if you have kids and a family, it's like 30 bucks is actually kind of a steal. If you're like, if you're going to the theater, you probably spend way more than that. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like when uh, like Staten Island, the King of Staten Island came out and it was like 20 bucks. I was yeah. like, that's a little much to rent a movie. But then I, then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, but if me and Sarah went together, it w- the tickets themselves would have each been 20 and then we would have spent another 50 or 60 and like popcorn and a beer or something, you know, like, yeah. So, um, 
it's really 30 bucks for the new Mulan movie, especially when you get the context of most of the people who are going to order that have kids, which means that they would have had to go out and spend, you know, tickets for mom and dad then tickets for the two kids and then popcorn. And then the kid starts crying at the taking of the bathroom and they're, you know, like yeah, 30 bucks is a steal. Yeah. Plus you get to watch it over and over and over, which kids love to do. So. Yeah. But I think like, AMC is about to go bankrupt because they just uh-huh. like, it's just so funny that like, well, I guess it's been what, five months or so with this mm-hmm. quarantine, but it's like every company just was not ready for five months of shutdown. <laughs> like, yeah, like that was just not. And well, were- we learned that like companies were also forcing themselves to live paycheck to paycheck. So they <laughs> no, exactly. Inflate their stock price for no reason. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but AMC might be like going bankrupt. Like there's people talking about them selling to Disney, which if uh, Disney owned like those theaters, it's like, it, it really becomes a monopoly because it's like, like, let's say theaters open back up or whatever. And like the only movies that are going to be in those theaters are Disney movies. So if like they're putting out Lion King live action too, fucking, you think they're going to put out Wonder Woman within the same weekend? Like if they control the theaters, they're like, fuck that. Like, and if you're in a small enough town, you just you're never going to get an interesting movie, right? They're, it just once they control all aspects of production, distribution, creation, then like it just tamps down the diversity of programming. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some industries that make sure you can't like um like if you own a bar, you can't like own a brewery. Like An- Anheuser Busch can't open up an Anheuser Busch bar somewhere. Like, um, you know, you can have a brewery that has a tap room on it, but like Anheuser, because if Anheuser Busch could just open up bars, they could just sell their beer and yeah. sell it to themselves for no money, and then just dominate every bar there is. Like right. that's when like monopoly and shit like that comes about. So I'm wondering if that's the same type of thing where like if Disney owned you know, a, a whole chain of movie theaters and like they could right. control that type See, of they shit. Have, they have that ruling. I think it's called like the paramount law or something, but I don't know. Somebody was just talking about it. And I think it's like, it's either like they're trying to get rid of it or they're trying, or there's like a loophole around it by like Disney's like, Oh, we don't own like theaters. We own the company that owns the theaters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're, yeah. We're not a movie theater company. We're a screen sharing app. This is what they could do. I mean, this, this is the way you do it. So the movie, the price of admission is free, but in order to come in, you have to buy $30 a bottle of popcorn and a $20 bottle of water. You know what I mean? And then they were like, oh, no, we're not selling the movie. We're selling the popcorn in the water. Yeah, yeah. That's how they're going to do what movies do anyway. Like movie theaters make all their money from the concessions anyway. Like, so it's like a little bit of a loophole because, there, you know, there is a brewery that opened up in New York, the Brooklyn Brewery. I'm sure most people have heard of it. But when they first opened, like there were these weird laws that breweries couldn't sell beer directly to customers. So Brooklyn Brewery came up with a system where they sold little wooden tokens with like a Brooklyn logo on them. Mm-hmm. And then you would exchange the token for a beer. So you weren't buying yeah. beer, you were buying tokens. That's like the mm-hmm. loophole. So all Disney would have to do is set up a system like that where they're just, they're not, no, the movie's free. The movie costs nothing to go to. 
But if you want to go in, you have to buy the popcorn, you have to buy some milk duds, and you have to buy a large soda. You and have to buy a movie token. Dollars. You mean a ticket? No, a token. Yeah, a token. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, it's such. A, it's the best racket too because I, we might have talked about this before, but like the margins on all this stuff is so like you know how easy it is to make popcorn. Like literally, it costs like thirty five cents to serve, and you charge ten bucks for it. Did two handfuls of kernels. If you make yeah. that, that's like a garbage bag full of popcorn. Like it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's stupid. I've done that. I don't know if you guys have ever done it. You make your own popcorn at home, but yeah. you can buy a giant bag of popcorn for five dollars, and it'll last you for ten years because mm-hmm. you only need like two tablespoons of kernels, and it makes a shit ton of popcorn. <laughs> Too much popcorn. Yeah. That's what this episode's called. Too much popcorn. Too much popcorn. Because we talked about movies. That's a good title. We did. I mean, that was a big movie movie episode. The, the summer movie breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> of movies that aren't relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Police Academy. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, oh, I don't even know. You know what? I, one last thing. I just watched yeah. this. Uh, there's this thing called re-edits. So basically fans like, take movies and just re-edit them. And like, I don't know, to cut out whatever add in whatever and someone mm-hmm. recut the matrix two and three mm-hmm. and uh just to make it one movie gotta say pretty fantastic like it moves <laughs> along like really well they cut out a lot of bullshit and i watched it i was like you know the ending is like awful it's like so horrifically edited and like stupid like there's like shots like they put in shots from the first movie like they basically made sure um trinity didn't die and they like so they had to use shot like existing shots from the first movie and like shots from movies that other movies that she's in to like make it work. But like, and it's like cheesy and that's the only part that's like really noticeable. But I got to say, man, like take, it's called the matrix decoded. If you want to check it out, it's like, it's actually worth like two hours. Cause it's like, where can you find it? Uh, I think it's on like Vimeo or something like Vimeo, that. Okay. But like, but it's like really actually worth your time. If you like the matrix, it's like, you could just watch the two movies back to back and you're like, that was, a, that was a good use of my time. That second movie really ran along. It's funny when there was a great re-edit of Toy Story 3. It's just an online thing. These guys, Toy Story 3, there's a scene, it's towards the end, where all of the toys are curling towards, they're in a garbage fire incinerator, <laughs> and they're yeah. going towards the fire pit. And it's yeah. this emotional scene because they all look at each other and they lock arms like, this is it. I guess we're ending life together. And it's emotional. And these guys uh, re-edited it so that it was them looking at the fire and then it fades to black and it's credits as if that's (laughs) the end of the movie. And they they re-edited it that way. And then they showed their mom their version of Toy Story 3. (laughs) They're watching and then it fades to black and you just see the mom go, what? There's so many movies that do like the sad okie doke at the end where they think the character died and it turns out they didn't. Yeah. It'd be great to just go back and re-edit every one of those stories. They just did die. <laughs> they just did die. That was what they did. It was, I mean, you watch it and you're like, that would truly take the movie from a 10 to like a 6. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're gonna say to a 15. <laughs> I guess it does take it to a 15 if you're on the right side of it. Yeah. 
Uh, It'd be great. And then they like they cut to Andy, and there's that scene at the end where he's like giving his toys away or whatever. And he, they're like, Andy, what about your toys? He's like, I don't give a shit, dude. I'm 20. Hi. <laughs> 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 End of movie. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, right, dudes. But I think that's good. We, we did it, guys. We did it. All right, everybody. Uh, at Brett Rabel on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Yep. <laughs> Same at Brett Rabel on Instagram. Just give, give me and Brett. We're sharing an Instagram account now. Just give us a follow. Yeah. At Brett Rabel <laughs> on Instagram is where you can find me. <laughs> That's what, I, yeah, I love it. If you made it to this far of the podcast, leave us five stars, comment, rate, review, do all that good stuff. Uh, helps us out. All right, everybody. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Bye.